0: On the Crosstalk on WIZM, I'm Mike Hayes. Here I can answer this one quickly for Sarge. Uh, Taylor Schaefer, Alice in Dairyland, is my guest on Cooley Region Cooks coming up at 10. That's uh, today. Uh, Phil, uh, uh, what's in your Wheaties, buddy? You're sending me some of the craziest stuff I have read from you in a very long time. I'll get to the other texts in a minute. But right now, I would really like to talk with Nancy Wedwick, who is going to facilitate a meeting uh, two meetings today at Norket Island the uh, nature and Heritage Center uh, in Coon Valley because a project that will take 14 dams away they're being decommissioned nine of them will impact an off a lot of people in the West Fork uh, Nancy Wedwick good morning and thanks very much for talking with us I guess we should start with uh, why are these uh, dams being decommissioned lots of people who won't be impacted uh, will be curious about it
1: Good morning and thanks for having me. So, the first thing that is important to note is this is at this point a proposal by NRCS, the Natural Resource Conservation Service to decommission these dams right now it's just a proposal ah, okay. and the, the dams of course are um age. they've aged out and so this does affect quite a number of dams the um maybe heightened urgency would be the thing to talk about around this okay. is that the proposed timeline includes a public comment period from late june to august 15th of this summer with the proposal of decommissioning the dams to occur between July and December of 2024. So our purpose in this meeting is really um, twofold. Let, Let people become aware that this proposal is out there. However, the meeting is not really about the dams, but about learning to live without the dams. Is, it, and to, is
0: that because you're it, 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 you living without the dams because you anticipate, regardless of public input, the dam project will move forward and those 14 dams will eventually be decommissioned, period?
1: So I think, you know, that we have to leave up to the experts, right? Okay. We are not the experts sure. on the dams. Sure. Uh, the NRCS commissioned a, a $1.6 million study. I think it um, cost even more than that. To, to get it done, to determine what should be done with those dams. All I can tell you right now is that uh, we have read about this proposal to decommission them. And so, you know, people need to be um, aware of that and then think about how do we learn to live without the dams? And so... Our purpose is to continue to offer the education that we do about conservation practices since um, our organization formed in 2021. And what are all the things that uh, people can do on on their properties and um, to learn to live without these dams? It's about our community members our watershed community coming together to work together towards solutions.
0: Well, and I, I don't mean to be flippant, but uh, besides buying stock in a sandbag company, what can a property owner do knowing full well that if these couple of dams in my neighborhood around my property are decommissioned, I'll be up to my elbows in fish uh, in, on my property with, without them
1: you know and that that's uh those are some of the good questions that people are starting to wonder about so with regard to conservation practices you know probably i should tell my own story um we had of course the terrible flooding in 2018 And my husband and I live up on the ridge outside of Coon Valley. We also happen to own property in Coon Valley. So we had this perspective from the ridgetop and the valley. And it was, of course, devastating. Thankfully, no loss of life. But, you know, people's homes were damaged and ruined, and, and it was a catastrophic event. So people started asking themselves, What can we do to help ourselves? And we started to learn that there are lots of things that people can do. For example, on our property, we learned that what we do, what we do on our property with our land makes a difference for the way water runs across the land. And so we changed the way agriculture was happening on our property. The contour strips were put back in. Crop rotation was put back in. A couple of years ago, we planted a bunch of perennial bushes. This past year, we just planted 100 black walnut trees because the, the goal would be to put roots in the ground and keep roots in the ground sure keep the soil in place the water make the water walk
0: sure that makes sense so that's
1: a huge thing that people can begin to do
0: right and and just understand that these kinds of things will help mitigate the negativity of a high water but high water potentially will come period
1: it, yes, it will come. Period. I mean, we we know that we're facing these um, greater rainfall events, right? Sure, Heavier, sure. longer. The
0: um, five hundred year floods are coming frequent. way more often.
1: Exactly, and that's why it's important as a community that we come together and, and work toward these solutions. And you know, if if we can get people to adopt conservation as a way of life. There are things that all of us can do on our properties to to hold that water back, to slow it down, to make the running water walk. That is uh, one of our goals. And it's been it's such a hopeful journey to learn that there are things that you can do. So that's why um, today we are bringing a couple of groups uh, from UW-Madison, who we are working with again, as was done, by the way, 90 years ago. We are the site of the uh, nation's first large-scale conservation demonstration project and and worked with UW at that time. And they will be available this evening to talk about um, some of these modeling tools that they have developed that help people determine what they can do on their properties to help hold that water back. So Grassland 2.0 will be there to talk about Grayscape and Smartscape, the uh, heifer compass tool, all of these um, things that will help people understand the relative responsiveness of flooding, soil health, biodiversity, and productivity profit the profitability to ag land management and then we will also be talking about an oral narrative project that uh, we have done out here in the coon creek watershed to capture the history and then thoughts for the future hopes that people have for their um their experiences and, and what they would like to see happen and just talk about the importance of sharing stories and getting your thoughts and ideas out there for for people to hear because all of that impacts decisions that are made on larger scales.
0: Nancy, could I talk with you tomorrow morning, same time, different day, about what you heard at the meetings? What kind of attitude uh, you get from uh, landowners and are they as willing as you seem to be to uh, work with Mother Nature and uh, and wildlife and wildlife organizations and uh, the oncoming decommissioning of these of these dams. Can I talk with you tomorrow about this?
1: Sure. That okay. would be great.
0: Awesome. Absolutely. All right. 820 tomorrow, I'll call you back and we'll talk. I'll start with what happened last night. And for those of you who want to go, uh, the meeting, there are two of them at Norskid Island. And doesn't everybody know where Norskid Island is? Uh, 4.30 and 6.30. You can Google Norskitt Island if you've never been there. The Nature and Heritage Center on Opus Road in Coon Valley. It's a fabulous place. You should go there a lot.